0: Signature win from Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host. Bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And how's everyone doing? Are we having fun? Are we having fun this season? It, when does the fun start in this season? Cuz it's it's now February 23rd and I I'm, I'm still not really having fun yet uh, this season. And you know, if you think that you're listening to a replay from an episode maybe 2 weeks ago or 3 weeks ago or 4 weeks ago or a month ago or 2 months ago where St. John's plays a close game, where St. John's plays a well-played game, don't get me wrong, but a close game, a winnable game, a tie game with five minutes left, a tie game with with three minutes left, let's say. Uh, But once again, St. John's looks like the uh, poorly coached team. Looks like the team that doesn't know how to execute on offense. Looks like the team that doesn't know how to get a big stop on defense. Uh, Looks like the team that can't make a free throw when it matters most. Looks like that team, and while their opponents are able to execute, their opponents look well coached, their opponents hit free throws. And yet again, what we've seen, like I said, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, two months ago, doesn't matter. We've seen it all season long. St. John's, once again, comes up short in a close game. What are they now three and six, something like that, in games decided by five points or less? Just, just an absolute same thing. Every single loss it feels like is the same thing. A winnable game down the stretch that they choke away. And, and the players seem like they're good enough to close these games out. You seem like you have enough talent to close these game out. So I have to start saying it's coaching. I I was If you were on the fence about this coach or anything like that, it's coaching, guys. This coach doesn't know what he's doing. Every game we are out-executed in the final two, three, four minutes of the game. Every game with this coach this season. Every game. Has he one time drawn up a play? One time has he drawn up a play to get a basket when we need it most in the closing seconds? How many times in three years now have we seen... Final final 30 seconds of a game. St. John's got the ball. They need a basket. What do they do? They get a bad shot off. Have we executed one? What was it? Vince Cole hitting the, hitting the shot against St. Peter's in the opening game last year. Is that the one time we've executed down the stretch in these games? Under Anderson. Every game, we are out coached. Every close game, we are out coached. Everyone. And I'm getting sick and tired of watching it now. And, and, and I mean, this, this season's it's dead now. Anyone that had any hopes of an at-large bid or making a run to the NCAA tournament, it's over now. Well, I, again, now we'll be the team that no one wants to play. We'll be the eighth seed that no one wants to play in the Big East tournament. Oh, big bad St. John's, look out, they're playing on their home floor. You don't want to play St. John's. We'll beat Butler and then we'll get run in the gym by 40 uh, against Providence in the noon game on, on, on Thursday but no one wants to play St. John's in the big East tournament. Look out for St. John's. They can make a run. It's their home arena. That's what our season has come down to. Now is that 15 and 12 overall seven and nine in the conference. What a joke. Horrible, horrible season. And again, same thing as the Providence game, same thing as the UConn as both Yukon games, same thing as the Villanova game, Seton Hall game, you name it. St. John's has come up short in a big spot, game after game after game after game after game. And, and, and it's just I mean, come on, guy, what are we doing here? This season was not supposed to be a season of, oh, maybe we'll make the NIT. At least Anderson's record stays intact, right? That was not supposed to be this season. And again, you can't tell me that the team isn't good enough. Because game after game after game, they're in these close spots and they come up short every single time. This was a game. You were down 10 early. Well, Okay, okay. you got off to a slow start. Uh, That's inexcusable on its own. But a slow start, down 20 to 10 early. You close the first half on, what, a 36-19 to 19 run. You outscore Creighton by by 17 points in the final, what, 12 minutes of the first half. You look like your press is finally starting to work. You look like you're closing out on shooters a lot better. You're starting to deny uh, Brenner the ball, ball a little bit more. You know, your offense is going, you went small with your offense. You created mismatches against uh, Brenner in the first half. Everything was going well, up by seven at the half. Second half comes, uh, Nemhard on Creighton, you know, one of the best freshmen in the, in the conference, uh, unfortunately has that, that tough looking injury. Um, you know, all, all the best out to him. Looks like he hurts his wrist pretty bad. Uh, I, again, don't want to speculate, but doesn't look good there, but you're playing a Creighton team now that has lost one of its best players, one of the best freshmen in the conference at home in a game that's not all that important for them, I mean, every game is important in the grand scheme of things, but not all that important in terms of making the NCAA tournament for them, in a game that you absolutely have to win. They just lost their best player, or one of their best players, I should say, one of the best freshmen in the conference. You're at home, it's a close game, and you still can't close it out. Just under no circumstance can you lose that game up by seven at the half Creighton's missing their best player I I don't care who's who's out for St. John's I know Soriano didn't play in this game I don't care who's out you cannot lose that game can't lose it cannot happen St. John's finds a way to lose that game there was there was not a point in this game until what the final five six minutes where I actually thought St. John's gonna lose this game I guess I'm an idiot right I actually, th- there was a point in this game where I felt comfortable that St. John's was going to win, basically for the for what you know a 30 minute stretch of this game, until Creighton I think finally took the lead at like the seven minute mark. Did I finally go? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe they actually lose this game. It never felt like that game was was in doubt. And yet here we are talking about an 81 to 78 loss. And here we are talking about what a, a sixth, seventh loss in in a conference game where you say, man, we should have had that game. We should have won that game. Man, if we just did this, if we just did that, we win that game. But no, instead it's another, it's another loss. It's another loss in one of these close games where you were right there and you couldn't get it done. And again, it comes down to coaching. I, I I'm not gonna, you know, I, I don't advocate for anyone to be fired or anyone to be, you know, removed from their job but you cannot deny. I don't care how optimistic you are about this program. Mike Anderson has done a horrible job coaching this season. A horrible job coaching. Probably the worst coaching job in the conference this season. And I don't even don't even, you know, not even relative to the to the expectations versus where they're at. You know, the 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 top 4 expectations, whatever you want to say. Not even relative to that. Look at this game tonight. First of all, why are Montez Mathis and Dylan Wusu taking so many of your shots down the stretch there? It felt like in the final three, four minutes, it was Mathis and Wusu taking almost every shot. Why does every St. John's fan who watches these games say, Wusu is not a good inbounder, don't have Wusu inbound the ball? Why is Wusu inbounding the ball there in the final five seconds? I mean, it ended up not really mattering, but why is he inbounding the ball to throw it away? Why is Omar Stanley, who had the game of his life, 14 points, seven of eight shooting, did Omar Stanley play the final seven, eight minutes of this game? Steph Smith had 13 points. Where was Steph Smith down the stretch? Why did it take him 10 minutes into the game to go, oh, maybe we should go small against these guys. They can't seem to defend us when we go small. They can't seem to defend us when we, when we, when we space out the floor, there's no one for this big idiot cock burner to guard. You know, maybe we should space out the floor. Why did it take him 10 minutes? Why was, was Zach Braziller who covers the team saying that pregame go small without Soriano space out the floor? Why is the beat writer saying that, but the coach doesn't understand it? Why am I sitting on my couch saying where the hell is, is Steph Smith? Where the hell is Omar Stanley down the stretch? But the coach doesn't know to put him in. Why am I sitting on my couch saying Dylan Wusu should not be inbounding the ball? He's not a good inbounder. Why is he inbounding the ball and then he throws it away? How many times has Wusu thrown the ball away in big spots like that? But the coach doesn't realize it. Just a horrible, horrible job. And you can go through every single close loss and there's three, four moments like that. That just make you say, what is he thinking? What is his coaching staff thinking? So don't it's not even about the the expectations. It's not even about any of that. It's about game by game you can go through and pick out three, four moments where this guy had no clue what he was doing. And where the beat writer, the fans on Twitter, anyone actually feels like they know more than the coach. Or is or is noticing something that the coach is not noticing? I I'd like to think we're a pretty smart fan base. We're we're, we're a small fan base, but we're a pretty smart fan base, I'd like to think but we shouldn't be noticing things on Twitter and our beat reporter shouldn't be noticing things that the coaching staff doesn't. That's crazy, man. And that just speaks to the, the horrible, horrible job that this, that this staff has done, that Anderson has done this season. Again, I don't advocate for anyone being gone, but I've said this before. This season is now a failure. Unless again, unless you go on this magical run in the Big East tournament as the team that no one wants to play, you know, no one wants to play St. John's on their home court, yada, yada, yada. Unless you go on that run and you make it to the NCAA tournament and you win a couple tournament games when pigs fly. Unless any of that happens, this season is a total, 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 total failure. How are you going to sell us next season now with Champagne gone? How are you going to sell us that? With with you know I know AJ Store coming in but not this heralded recruiting class coming in you're gonna be picked seventh eighth in the conference again next season how do you sell us that so uh, take that take with that what you will again I don't advocate for people getting fired but 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 take you know think about that for a second uh, in terms of the players like I mentioned omar stanley fantastic seven of eight shooting uh for 14 points uh had a couple of fouls but but you know seemed like he was in the right spot right place at the right time almost every single uh, time they touched the ball in this game didn't play the last couple of minutes steph smith great game 13 points five of six shooting where was he the last couple of minutes why why wasn't he shooting the ball the last couple of minutes montez Mathis actually did have 15 points uh, had what ten or uh, had a bunch in the first half, double figures in the first half for sure. But I don't want Montez Mathis taking taking the game winning shot there in the final uh, fifteen seconds. I I want Julian Champagny. I know Julian Champagny in this game went three of 16, 8.6 rebounds. Um, again I try not to be too hard on on these kids. I know that they're college kids, but that's another big game now that Champagny has not shown up. That's another must-win game now that Champagne has not shown up. That he hasn't had it, and you can say what you want. Uh, you know, I, I just ripped on the coaching for five minutes there. I, I have no problem with that call or that that situation that they got Champagne in there. He's posted up against what O'Connell. You know, yeah. I, I don't care how many guys are on him there. Take the shot, Julian. Take the shot with five seconds left. Uh, I, I, that's the guy who I want shooting. I don't care if he's one for 30 in the game, take the shot. You're our best player, you're our most clutch player, take the shot. Cannot pass that ball there. And if he's gonna pass that ball there, I don't want Montez Mathis freaking out there and taking a shot that he didn't need to take. It wasn't like there was a shot clock running down, it wasn't like that there was there was you know the, the, the game clock was running down, there was nothing running out there. I, I, Champagne can't pass that ball there, so I'm gonna rip. I rip on the coaching staff for a lot of stuff. That was not an issue there. That's a situation. You, you got the ball in your best player's hands there, with you know 10 seconds left. Shoot the ball. Got to shoot the ball there. And again, it's been a trend now this season of him coming up short in these big games. Champagne and Wheeler combine to go four of 26 in this game. Four of 26. So the rest of the roster went, let's see, 29 of 54. (laughs) So the the rest of the team goes, well, if you take out Wusu, let's take out Wusu too. So Champagny, Wusu, and Wheeler combined to go 5 of 32. Yeah, 5 of 32. You take those three guys out, they went 28 of what, 48, I think? Yeah. 28 of 48, the rest of the team went. Those three guys, three those three guys go five of thirty-two. But I mean, you know, Sh- Champagne and Wheeler were you know your two workhorses there. They were two they were your two best players, really. Uh, you know, and, and those two guys combined to go four of twenty-six. By the way, Wusu, one of six, two points, uh, five assists. But why are Wusu and Mathis on the floor at the same time? They're uh, you know, at the end of the game. I just I don't get it. I don't get it. Posh played another great game. Excuse me, 13 points, six of 11 shooting, two steals, three assists, six rebounds. He was great once again. Would have been okay with Posh taking a shot there, uh, you know, on that possession. I, I just I don't want Montez Mathis taking that shot there. Not and it's not even a high percentage shot there. But it, you know, it's it's what we've seen all season long. They don't execute. They don't get the job done in these in these final few minutes and. You know, like I said, that that's that's the season now. Uh, in terms of an at-large bid, it's it's not happening. Uh, even if you run the table now in these last three games, you know, DePaul, Xavier, and and Marquette. I don't see how even winning all three of those now uh, really gets you in the at-large conversation. Maybe it would. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so, though. Uh, you know, and then and then we'll see what happens in the Big East tournament. But all hope of an at-large uh, bid is now down the drain. So. That, uh, that, that's this game. That's, that's pretty much a wrap on this season. I mean, you know, I'll I'll do the last, whatever, two weeks of podcast, I guess, but uh, I'm I'm definitely not going to, you know, go in depth or go out of my way. If I'm home and I'm watching the game, I'll do a show. Uh, Otherwise, I'm really not going to go crazy about doing any sort of any, any sort of coverage of this team. Now Uh, they've, they've beaten me down. You know, this I I started to believe. I started to get a little bit excited, but you know, once again, uh, you know, I was I was cautiously optimistic, and they proved to me that there was really no reason to be optimistic because once again, they lay an egg uh, when it matters most. Can't lose that game, and they lose that game. So, that's my thoughts. Uh, gonna have Kevin Connolly on now in a moment, and we'll get his thoughts on the Red Storms' eighty-one to seventy-eight loss uh, tonight against Creighton. All right, I'm now joined. By friend of the program, Kevin Connolly. He runs Storm the Paint, does outstanding job covering the Red Storm uh, men's basketball team, and he was at the game tonight covering that one as well for Storm the Paint. Kevin, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm good. Troy had things going with uh, you.
0: I've been better for sure. Uh it was it was kind of cathartic yelling about the loss there for the past like 15 minutes though of my open but uh hopefully we can kind of break it down a little bit more, you know, a little bit more structured uh but I definitely feel like I like I released, you know, a, a little bit of anger there in the first 15 minutes of the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just diff- different game, same story kind of.
0: Mhm. 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 Same thing that we've seen. It, you know, it feels like, you know, the exact same thing I had you on what against the the UConn game, right? And it, it just feels like the same losses are just happening over and over again. It's like we're in the twilight zone. Uh, you know, just give me first, you know, your overall thoughts on the game. You know, what went wrong for St. John's down the stretch? Uh, what went wrong for St. John's really in the second half after they went into halftime with, what, a seven-point lead?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it really felt like bizarre because I leaned over to somebody during the, the middle of the game and I was like... It feels like St. John's is in complete control this game, yet they're only up one, mm-hmm. and that's that's the biggest bad sign to begin with. Like mm-hmm. when, when you when when you feel like you're controlling the game, and you look up and you're only up a point. Yeah. Um. Uh, once again, it came down to late game execution, and St. John's couldn't put anything together. I mean, it, it, I think Creighton went up seventy five seventy one, and it looked like you're like, uh oh, t- this this is this doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. And then Naiwi hits a three. Mm-hmm. They get a steal. Mathis gets an N1 and misses the free throw, and, and things kind of spiraled from there. I think they might have only scored two points yeah. um, after that missed free throw.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, the late game stuff now, I mean, some of it is for sure on the players I would say like you know I'm sure we're going to get into that last play with Champagny but uh, how, how much of that do you put on the coaching man Like, uh, to me when it happens game after game after game you know when we've, we've had this discussion game after game about not coming through in these end of games I put it on the coaching I'm curious to get your thoughts on that though <laughs>
1: Obviously it's coaching because nothing has worked time after time after time. I mean, we were just talking off air about the one time it really worked was Champagny shooting over R.J. Cole for three to give them the lead in that first UConn game, and then they, they can't get a defensive stop um t- tonight i mean i don't know i think i think they got the look they wanted just mathis made a bad play in the corner i mean champagne had it on the block got doubled i mean he, he's your best player he didn't have a good night i guess you kind of live and die with it but he made the right basketball play by kicking it into the corner and i mean mathis passed up an, an open corner three which he, he was having a good game mm-hmm. and takes a, takes a brutally contested <laughs> floater in the lane that wasn't really close um, and it feels, it feels like that's been the story, especially in these late game executions with St. John's in the fact that they're just driving on the best shot blockers in the big East and it hasn't worked once.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, even, uh, I understand Mathis was having a good game, but why not, you know, have Steph Smith in the corner there who would hit a couple threes in the game, you know, to where if Champagne is doubled or if Champagne does feel like he has a guy open in the corner there, you know, swing it to a guy who you feel kind of confident in that would, Hit a three instead of Montez, Montez Mathis, who did hit one in this game. But, you know, I say, what, one in the past two months, it feels like? You know, I, I like, why is Steph Smith not on the court there if you're going to, if you want a guy to have a good look at a three?
1: Yeah, I I can't argue against that. I mean, I, I felt like he should have been in the game. I mean, they went small. Wheeler was at the five, and then Posh, Dylan, um, Champagne, and Mathis were all on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, uh, Creighton had no, they, if they were gonna lose, they would they would lose on a Montez Mathis corner three. Yeah. Just that's that's what it was. They weren't paying any attention to him in the corner. And why would you? I mean, he hasn't had good he's had a, a good stretch of game since he was one for fourteen against um Villanova. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if if he's gonna beat you with the three then then so be it. I mean, yeah, it probably would have been better if you had a, a player like Smith in there, but don't forget think they were only down one at that point yeah um I mean a, a foul or, or I mean Mathis is a good driver mm-hmm. um but I mean it just it just wasn't meant to be tonight but um yeah I don't see why why Smith couldn't have been in there um I didn't think I don't think Coburn was even on the bench in the second half oh really um, yeah that, that, that I kind of noticed that down the in the final couple minutes, like Coburn wasn't really on the bench, I, but that's I didn't get any more info on that because who wants to really know about that? Yeah, no one was calling him for him to be in the game. It was Smith because that was one of his better games yeah. at St. John's.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And an- another guy who played great tonight, probably the best game that we've seen him play uh, of his St. John's career, was was uh, Omar Stanley, fourteen points, 7 of, seven of eight shooting. Uh, you know, feel like he was really effective around the rim tonight. But again. You know, where was he down the stretch? I, I don't know if he played very much at all in the final, what, seven, eight minutes of this game. Uh, you know, your thoughts on, on Stanley and Smith really not playing the last couple of minutes, it felt like.
1: I mean, th- that's the biggest positive was was Stanley's play. I mean, that's the biggest positive you're going to take away if you're St. John's. Yeah. I mean, I thought St. John's' five best players tonight were uh, Stanley, Smith, Posh, Pinzone, and Mathis. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, Mathis's play at, at the end kind of... Um, not erases it but it certainly leaves a a different mark on that yeah um but i mean mike anderson he even said it after the game he said it's tough to overcome when um i don't have the numbers in front of me but when uh champagne and wheeler combined for 11 points on like four of 26 shooting yeah i mean those you can make the case those are your two best players Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and and st john's couldn't overcome it
0: tonight Mm -hmm. what went wrong for champagne in this game in your mind i mean you were there you know, you're probably looking at the game a little bit differently than than I am on TV uh, three of 16 you know one of two eight points as you mentioned Did, was there anything that you noticed or were the shots just kind of not falling I feel like he missed so many shots around the rim tonight but 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 what were your thoughts on his game
1: yeah I think that was it he, he missed a lot of shots around the rim those like floaters right around a restricted area that he normally makes I mean uh, I, I can think of two of his made shots one was on the uh, and another yeah. in the first half was in on a corner three, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't remember the the other um, made field goal off the top of my head, but yeah, he had a lot of those floaters that just mm-hmm. didn't go. Um, it felt it felt like a couple shots, especially early in the second half, were rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, St. John's keeps feeding him because that's your best player, and you think he's going to make his next one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, just just an off game, and it came at the worst time on your home floor. Um, in a game that, I mean, you had to have if you wanted any shot at somehow clawing your way into an at-large bid, but if you're one of those uh, people that really didn't see a path to an at-large bid for this team, then this loss means nothing to you mm-hmm. because they had to win the Big East tournament anyway, um, even though this probably hurts their seeding. Um, they had a chance for the five seed, which um, would only which would allow them to play three games in three days instead yeah. of potentially four in three days if mm-hmm. they won out and Seton Hall lost the game the rest of the way. So if Seton Hall lost one and St. John's won their last four, mm-hmm. St. John's would have been the five and um but who knows the way uh this the the Big E's are gonna play out because um, last last night checked Xavier was beating Providence mm-hmm. and last night you saw Villanova lose to to UConn. So um, I mean still a lot of basketball left but um, for St. John's, any chance at an that large bid now is long out the window. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to run the They're gonna have to run the table in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: in what two weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely want to want to do more on that in a in a second on the big picture stuff. Um, on the on the defensive end tonight for St. John's, really the, the two big guys for Creighton were Hawkins and uh, and calkbrenner They combined for forty four points. Uh, 18 of 31 uh, sh- uh, shooting the ball tonight and uh, 19 rebounds as well combined just feels like they had no answer for those two guys with Soriano out um, but you know what were, what were your thoughts on the, the defensive performance as a whole uh, for the Red Storm tonight.
1: I mean, Soriano out definitely hurt against Kalkbrenner, but um, I, I, don't, I don't have the, the full stats in front of me. But, like, it didn't feel like he killed him on the glass. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he had a nice game on the glass, but, like, a lot of his points weren't coming off, like, offensive rebounds where St. John just couldn't box him out. It was mm-hmm. like they were throwing it to him on the block. He would one dribble, two dribbles, and he'd just throw a hook shot or he'd be he'd be just taller than everybody and just put it right back <laughs> up and in. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Hawkins, I mean, he's been one of their best players um, for Creighton this year, and I mean, I don't know if it's an indictment on St. John's or, or you give Creighton credit, but man, I was really impressed with with Creighton. I mean, um, O'Connell is playing on a bum ankle, Kaluma's yeah. Col- on a minutes restriction, and then your 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 leader, your point guard, um, Ryan Nemhard, probably breaks his wrist mm-hmm. in the in the second half, and they still found a way to win a game on the road. Where I mean, once Nemhard went down with that broken wrist, it would have been really easy. Just to to pack up and say, all right, let's go home, and regroup, and figure out what uh, what we're going to do next without our without our star freshman point guard. But um, they 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 did that in the huddle. I think um, that the time in between the injury and the the next timeout, Creighton was a little rattled. I thought that was a chance for St. John's to try and step on the gas and create some separation. They couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then whatever Greg McDermott said um, in that timeout after um, Nemhard got hurt. Man, that really resonated because Creighton. I mean, they—they—they they, they were outstanding.
0: After that, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's the the frustrating thing too. I mean, uh, on Creighton, obviously that's a, that's a horrible injury to a really you know promising young player. But you know, for St. John's now, like you mentioned, Nemhard is out, O'Connell's is is uh, limited, Kaluma's limited as well. I, I just I don't see how you lose that game. And they had so many opportunities in the second half. It felt like to to really put this game away. I mean, I know Creighton kind of battled back uh, right away at the start of the half, but like you mentioned, it just it never felt like this was a was a close game or not a close. Game, but a game that was in that was in serious doubt until the final. I would say like six or seven minutes. You know, they had a, a basically a ten minute window there in the second half where they could have got that lead up to like ten and felt like it was really really comfortable. And they just never did. And that's you know I, I guess we've kind of seen that all season long. They just they haven't had that like that killer instinct against these good teams to really put games away.
1: Exactly, and and I mean that like from being up seven at halftime mm-hmm. to coming out the first time out, I mean, the offense wasn't good. I think they had a couple of dunks, but um, a lot of four shots by Champagny there, and then, I mean, it feels like everything, like, goes against St. John's. So it felt like St. John's would have been a team that had their star point guard get hurt in the game and have two players limited. Mm-hmm. And it, teams always capitalize on St. John's in those situations.
0: I mm-hmm. mean,
1: look at the UConn game on the guard and the Villanova game. Mm-hmm. I mean, two teams, St. John's was banged up. Two teams came in, took advantage of one of the games. Um, now, St. John's is, they, they're the beneficiary beneficiaries of injuries the injuries were kept happening to Creighton and St. John's is on their home floor. Um, a a really good crowd here. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they, they couldn't capitalize. They couldn't pull it out. And I mean, you couldn't ask for much more. I mean, obviously you you don't wish for anybody to get injured, but I mean, Creighton was banked up. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, um, you can make the the argument that Nemhard's their best player. Mm -hmm. He's at a local hospital getting x-rays and MRIs on his wrist. Mm Um, uh, O'Connell's ankles uh, is bad. Mm-hmm. Columa hasn't played since the beginning of February, um, and, and St. John's just couldn't take advantage. Um, and it's, it's really, um, if you were of, of the mind that this team did have a run in them and um, could make get an at-large bid if they ran the table the rest of the way and made some noise in the Big East tournament, Um, this, this is, this is it for you. I mean, this is the, your balloon has popped. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and now if you're, if you're that of an optimistic fan, um, you have to just have to push all your, push all your (laughs) chips in the middle of the table for, for a four or three day run,
0: um, at the (laughs) garden. Absolutely, and I want to get to that in a second. One more thing on this game though, because you, you brought up the injuries. I uh, I I I have to say, man, if if Pinzone was available for those two games that Posh missed against uh, against Nova and and UConn, I think Saint John's wins one of those games with, with Pinzone uh, on the court or, or even you know other games that he missed. I think you kind of saw tonight. He brings something to them for sure off the bench, and not having those him in those two games that Posh was out. Of course, hurt. Uh, I I. I think that he would have been worth a win somewhere in here. He would have been the difference, you know, with his play off the bench in one of these games that they lost.
1: Well, I'm not even. I wouldn't even limit it to those two games
0: I mean yeah, look, uh-huh. at
1: the, look at the rest of Big East play even even with Pasha on the floor I mean uh Pinzone. Pin I mean when he first came in those first three minutes obviously he was limited tonight like he's only practiced um a handful of times maybe two or three times since being fully cleared mm-hmm. um but the, the first three minutes he played in that first half I was like man this kid, yeah. this, kid hasn't miss, this kid hasn't missed a beat mm-hmm. he filled right in his hands were in the passing lane he was active on both ends of the floor um But yeah, I mean, it shows his potential, which is good, Um, but you you can't help to wonder what if um, COVID didn't hit him hard and he was able to get right back on the floor and and get after things. And um, yeah, it's a real bummer because he could have been a big uh, presence for this team this season.
0: Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's another 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 frustrating note on what's been a, a really, you know, a frustrating season. Uh, you know, we talked about it. I mean, I would like to get into, you know, a little bit of, of the big picture now for this team. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, n- no hope really in terms of an at large bit at this point. Even even if they did what run the table these last three games? They win all three of them. Uh, I guess they would get two quality wins in there, and then let's say that they win, you know, two games in the Big East tournament, and then they lose on on Friday night. It, would that even be enough in, in your mind? I mean, it's it's hard to predict the bubble no. and everything like that. But yeah, go go ahead.
1: No, I think that. So if if you want to if you want me to be be that optimist for all the <laughs> optimist <laughs> listeners, you have. Um, I think first off they'd have to win the next three games. So at the poll Um, Xavier and uh, at Marquette and um, it really wouldn't matter where they would get seated, whether they play on Wednesday night or, or they'd get the five seed and play on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, They'd have have to make it to the championship. Mm -hmm. Um, That, that just what I think, because um, unless things really shake out weird, and I don't think they're going to, I think your bottom three seeds are are pretty much locked in terms of um, Georgetown 11, DePaul 10, and um Butler nine, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that that's not gonna be a, a quality win. I think at max it would be a quad two maybe if you played Butler mm-hmm. because um even though it's at the garden this is considered a neutral, neutral floor since it's a conference tournament. Yeah. So the net is, is a little adjusted. So um your really only quality win I think would be um Butler if you played them in the uh eight nine game i don't think the call would be good enough to be a quad two in the in the seven ten um so then you you, i think you'd have to win you'd have to go to you'd have to go to the championship so win out go to the championship um and i mean i know you're gonna have an opponent but if you make it to the championship you you might as well win
0: yeah
1: (laughs) i mean and then 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 you leave no doubt and and you're in
0: but um
1: but I'll just add one more point to yeah, that before we get into the tournament more, if, if you, for, for the, for the optimist fans out there, I mean, this team has shown they can play with anybody in the conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've just been unable to close games. I mean, they've, they've went to the wire with Yukon healthy and not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they mounted this miraculous comeback against Villanova um, without posh. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I think that was a bit. Villanova kind of checked out and said, "Hey, we won. We don't yeah. play. We need to play these final five minutes." But, but, but so be it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're St. John's, I think you, you got to be somewhat optimistic that you can play with anybody
0: mm-hmm.
1: aside from Villanova. Mm-hmm. I think. I think if you played Villanova, um, your, your spirits going into that game wouldn't be that high. Mm-hmm. But if you played anybody else, I mean, on paper, do, do you think? Like, not it's a bad matchup, but like, would you go into this game saying they have no shot? I don't think so.
0: No, no. But that's the frustrating thing is that exactly in, in every exactly. team they can play with, they just haven't been able to close them out, like you said.
1: Exactly, because like, and don't forget, it's also really hard in this sport to beat a team three times. I mean, that's what Providence would be trying to do. That's what UConn would be trying to do. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what Creighton would be trying to do yeah. now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and maybe Marquette. It's tough to beat a team twice. I, I mean, <laughs> who, who knows what happens there? Yeah. But that, that, yeah, I think that's the most frustrating part. Is that they're in all these games. They're they're right there. They just they're they're not good enough. To not do the little things right, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, they they never do the little things right in any of these games down the stretch, and that's the reason why you know they're losing what you know six of these you know seven or eight close games they've played because they just never seem to execute these little things that you need to do that Providence does, that UConn does, that Creighton does, that, that Xavier does. They just they don't seem to get the little things right year after year, which I think is the most frustrating thing.
1: Yeah, and look at look at tonight. I mean, before. Um, the foul that sent O'Connell to the free throw line Where Wheeler almost made the, the shot at the buzzer To send it to overtime
0: mm-hmm.
1: There's a miscommunication after two timeouts on the inbounds And Wushu throws the ball out of bounds yep. I mean, yep. that, that it's I mean, and that's not even a little thing At that point That's that You're down happen. three yeah. with, with seven seconds to go And you need to go the length of the floor um, Now I think it didn't benefit St. John's, but I think Creighton was going to foul there regardless. Yeah. I don't think Creighton was going to let them get a three off. Mm-hmm. So like, and I think Creighton was a little shell shocked that O'Connell missed the front end of the one and one, which allowed Mueller to come down and, and shoot that three, which is why they had a chance to tie it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but still like you, you still can't, you can't do that. Like you can't throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, even if they get fouled, they go to a line for the one and one. I mean, it's a big assumption that they make the front end mm-hmm. and then put a couple big bodies in there, try and tip the ball, um, and get your three point play that way, or something like that. I, I don't know. It's yeah. you're kind of you're kind of grasping at straws here. Mm-hmm. But but they, they don't do the, they don't make free throws. They they struggle on layups. Mm-hmm. They don't do the little things well in a basketball game that you need to do to win.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. That's been the, the story all season long. Kevin, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Giving about twenty <laughs> minutes here, uh, everyone can check out check Kevin at Storm the Paint. Does a fantastic job covering the Johnnies every single game. Kevin, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. I'm sure we'll be talking uh, a lot more before the season ends.
1: Troy,
0: appreciate it. Yeah, have a good night, man. All right, take care. Bye. All right, once again, that was Kevin Connolly of Storm the Paint. You can check him out at Kevin connolly 24 or at Storm the Paint. Again, Kevin does a great, great job covering St. John's every single game. Uh, does a, like I said a fantastic job road games home games you name it Kevin is there uh, covering the Red Storm and trust me that is not an easy task as I'm sure we all know covering this team uh, game and game or night in and night out so thank you once again to Kevin comes on a lot I'm sure that we'll have him on again uh, if not you know for the last couple of weeks of the season definitely in the offseason to, to do like an offseason recap or something like that but thank you once again uh, to Kevin thank you to everyone for listening again uh, a frustrating loss, uh, you know. As we've seen, you know, we've gone all. I've, I've gone through it now for the past thirty minutes. It's it's the same story that we've seen. St. John's uh, out executed at the end of games. Like like Kevin and I just mentioned, they just they don't do the little things right. They don't make the free throws. They don't make the layups. They don't get the big stop when they need it. They don't hit the big shot when they need it. They just don't do the little things right. Uh, the coaching has been putrid this season I think is, is putting it lightly uh, you know and, and, and it has certainly held them back in a lot of these games the execution has just not been there as well and that's what happens and that what that's what leads to a team now being seven and nine in the conference 15 and 12 overall and in what eighth place in the conference in a season that you were picked to finish fourth uh, at the start of the season just a season of of massive massive uh, underachievement in a season now that looks like it is headed uh, certainly for no NCAA tournament. Who knows if they play in the NIT? Frankly, I, I hope that they just don't play in the NIT. I don't want to watch an NIT game when I should be watching an NCAA tournament game. So I hope that they, if they get invited to the NIT, just don't play in it, please. Uh, in terms of the NCAA tournament, that, like we said, seems like basically a pipe dream at this point. It would basically take a uh, a three or four day run in the Big East tournament to to reach the NCAA. So. We'll see about that. I will be back, I'm sure, next week. Uh, with the show, I might do something over the weekend. Like I said, though, you know, at, at this point now, I'm, I'm really, if, if I'm if I'm able to, I'm gonna do one. I'm not gonna go crazy out of my way uh, with the season kind of being wrapped up. I, I will be uh, at the Big East tournament, so we'll see about that. But uh, I'll definitely do one or two more shows throughout the season after these games. But I am gonna gonna scale back a little bit for now. But uh, until next time, thank you all for listening, and as always, let's go, Johnny's.